At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. As a podcast listener, you know how frustrating it is when the audio is muffled or unclear. How can you have a good listening experience when you can't hear? Healthcare has been the same way. Information isn't clear, and it's hard to understand. That's why at Point Health, we're making healthcare easy to find, easy to understand, and easier to afford. And to help with your podcast experience, we're giving you a chance to win a free pair of Apple AirPods. Just visit pointhealth.com slash healthcareamericana to learn more and enter to win. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Healthcare Americana. I'm your host, Christopher Habig, the CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. Today, we're diving into a subject that is near and dear to many people's hearts as we continue to search for affordable health insurance coverage options and what that really means for our medical care. In the spotlight today are high deductible health plans. Now, usually these are given as the go-to source for affordable health insurance coverage, but that's not always the case. Many Americans today don't have the savings available to cover their deductibles. And so when they buy into high deductible health plans, we consider them to be functionally uninsured because very rarely can they meet a deductible demand. So in effect, utilizing their health insurance plan is going to be nearly impossible. Of course, this begets other problems such as delayed care, putting off care until something really bad happens, or looking at the wrong type of care sources. So to help us dive a little bit more into this subject, welcome Dr. Nagaraj Kikiri, the Medical Director of NTTC Surgery Center in Mesquite, Texas, and also Medical Director of Hinkapin Healthcare. Dr. Kikiri, thanks for joining us here on Healthcare Americana. Thank you. Thank you for having me in your podcast. It's our pleasure. And this is something that we've always heard about. And people who listen to the podcast usually say, well, Chris, you always get excited about these topics and and these type of guests. And it's true, guilty as charged. But one thing we've heard a lot is there are very strong feelings, pro HSA, pro high deductible health plans. And there are a lot of people who detract from them saying that the high deductible health plan is one of the biggest assaults on the American healthcare consumer that we've ever devised. What are your thoughts? All right, I'm gonna give this to you from the human perspective. The human perspective is that we started our program. Uh, What led us to start this program was one nodal patient. This is a lady who used to come and get colonoscopies done, screening colonoscopies done at our uh, surgery center on a regular basis. And she stopped coming. She stopped coming when Affordable Health Care Act took over, when the Affordable Health Care, uh, she was a part of the Affordable Health Care, and her deductible was somewhere around six to $8,000. And wow. she did not have that kind of money to get the colonoscopy done. So one day I was uh, in my uh, pain clinic, which is right adjacent to the surgery center. I got a call from the surgeon saying that Dr. So-and-so is uh, looking for you in the operating room. So I uh, 
walked over to the operating room and he said, hey, Nagraj, come here, take a look on the TV screen that he was doing a laparoscopy where they put the scope in the belly and you can see what's in the belly on a TV screen. And he showed me the liver of a patient. I didn't know who the patient was. The patient was covered up and, uh, and he showed me all the dots, dot, 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 dots on the liver. He said, hey, Nagraj, that's a metastatic uh, malignancy. Wow. That's a metastatic cancer. And he showed me the different parts of the abdomen, the peritoneum and the different parts where you see the cancer spread all over. And he also said, do you know who this patient is? This is the patient we used to take care of on a regular basis through screening colonoscopy. She had not shown up in, in uh, two years or so. She's showing up here with the cancer spread all over her body. Lo and behold, this lady had stopped her care that she essentially needed because of a high deductible. And she paid with her life. And she unfortunately passed away within six months. And because I had known the entire, uh, I know her and through her, I had met her family. And I had to go tell her also, them also that this is a situation. And you know what they said, the family said? Family said one thing. Oh, Dr. Kikeri, I wish I knew there was another option. Mm -hmm. Another option kicked me in the rib right there. That was the wake up call for me. And when, when, we, when that really woke something up, I decided to be a physician when I was in sixth grade. And uh, not to bore you guys, my mother, I talked to my mother who's in India every single day I talked to her. And she reminded me, when you're five years old, you are dispensing this little stone pieces as uh, uh, you know, the pills to the others playing doctor. And I'm the first doctor in my family. So when your heart is in it, when a human being really dies unnecessarily, it really gets to the core of your existence. So that is how we started the cash surgery bundle program. She is the reason why we started. It's a very powerful story. And I appreciate you sharing that. To go back to that day and you were practicing underneath, you know, a typical insurance type of a model, did these type of things happen where, you know, people come to you and say, well, I want to come see you. I can't afford it, even though I have health insurance. A lot, but none as tragically like this lady. But I unfortunately, through the course of these things, my own friend that uh, who used to work side by side at a charity event, he could not afford his high blood pressure and he had a massive heart attack and died. These are the under the surface there are a lot of these things going on. And several of my pain clinic patients said, Dr. Kikeri, don't bother giving me the prescription because if I fill the prescription, which used to be $2 copay, now it is $40. Either I will have to pay the electric bill or I have to buy the medication you prescribe. I prefer to have electricity in my house. So there's a lot of questions that come from that. Um, when presented with medication to potentially keep you alive versus an immediate need of basic human needs. You mentioned options before. 
And the family said, I wish there was another option. And to me hearing that, it sounds like they just accepted the fate. Oh, this is just the way it is. See, the thing is, there was no option B at all available. There was no option B available. And because of her, we, our group, our core group of uh, five people that we put our heads together, we started doing this. When we started doing this, it was not easy. Mm -hmm. Because, forgive me, with my limited English, I had to explain to people saying that, hey, there is a, there is a commodity that's called bundled surgery program available to you and your family members. Come and take advantage of that. Yeah, I'm curious about the reactions of those first people that you started telling this to. And I mean, did you present case studies that says, look, in this, you know, in the previous one, people couldn't afford my services because this is what it costs. You know, you mentioned a copay on pharmaceuticals. And then when you say, rather than you asking, you, the patient, asking what this colonoscopy costs, and the answer being, well, it depends on your insurance. When you're able to give them a flat fee, all in, boom, firm price, how do they react? Well, number one, disbelief. <laughs> it's utter yeah. disbelief. I mean, uh, is he a doctor or a used car salesman? Is this legal? Can, do you, is can it you legal? Is he like, is he for real? And uh, it's like, uh, almost honestly, there in, um, in our neighborhood uh, where, where I practice, I'm at the junction of Dallas and Mesquite. I'm in Dallas, basically, in Metroplex. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of uh, working class people with hardworking people. Nobody's walking around with six to $8,000 in their pocket. Right. And uh, when th- uh, that, once when we started offering this, more people had gallbladder surgery who had insurance paid from their pocket because that was much more affordable, much more transparent. And they would ask, oh my God, is, is it including anesthesia bill? Is it including pathology? Is it include facility? Does it include surgeon? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's all inclusive. It's, it's an interesting thing when people realize that paying for medical services as if they were uninsured or paying the cash price is going to be vast majority of the time far cheaper than what they would pay out of pocket using their health insurance. And uh, our next continuum was that after this, we uh, started telling our physician colleagues because they, Mm -hmm. primary care physicians, they had patients like this too. They didn't know where to send. So that's how we started slowly, slowly, slowly. And um, one of my patients in my pain clinic was, uh, you know, he saw what we had advertised and he saw that and uh, he said, oh my God, I'm a HR manager. I think our company could use this. So Mm -hmm. let me, that's how we got into the TPA world. I have a lot of questions, obviously. Um, You just got the wheels turning here. When you get involved you know, in the TPA world. And again, going back to the family that said, I wish there was another option. What are you starting to see as users of your care of of NTTC down there, even the pain clinic? What type of catastrophic coverage, health coverage, are you seeing people utilize and people are happy with? This is where I'm going to um, deviate a little. Say the healthcare is not analogous to, it is not similar to going and buying a gallon of milk. Mm-hmm. You go, you buy a gallon of milk, you pay and you walk up. It is not. That gallon of container 
is happens to be a human being. So that's a human life there. Therefore, there are things that can go wrong. The things can go wrong in a really catastrophic way. So for those people who have had, uh, for example, major heart attack or stroke, that has to be covered. And number of people who had to, who had to take that uh, catastrophic uh, coverage, quite a few of them declared bankruptcy because of the medical reasons during that time. However, that is not the majority of the case. The majority of the cases were preventable healthcare, preventable surgeries, health screening. Those were not taken advantage of. Further down the line, they developed colon cancer. They developed uh, all sorts of things that could have been avoided. So what I'm hearing is that a high deductible can be an instrument that people look at and say, ooh, I'm going to defer care or not seek out care because I'm terrified that it's going to cost this much money. And most Americans have less than $2,000 in emergency funds available within like 48 hours, I think. So are, are you saying that the high deductible health plans dissuade Americans from getting the routine medical care that they need? Most definitely. You hit the nail on the head there. Having a high deductible plan and discerning the parts which is covered, which is not covered, are all those things. It's a very complex thing. Please understand, I'm an MD and I have a colleague, a very close friend of mine who is a primary care doctor. He's an, he's an MD and we have been practicing for quite some time. He needed hernia surgery and he asked everybody, what is covered, what is not covered? Please give me that before I have my surgery. <laughs> they provide it. And after the surgery, lo and behold, he was hit with $6,000 bill that he did not expect. When an MD cannot understand a bill with a high deductible and non-medical person, how can we expect them to understand? I can sympathize with that. Uh, I'm very sorry. I'm like, these things hit to the core of uh, human care. So that's why I'm so charged up with this. No, absolutely. And I love it when I see physicians get fired up because those are the people that get pissed off and they go out and change the world. And so we've talked to some guests before on the show that, you know, they're like, I was finally fed up with it. So I decided to make a change. And, you know, not all of them are as tragic a story as you shared with us, where it's like, wow, this insurance-based care, people are afraid to use it, whether they don't know how to use it, whether they can't afford to use it, or they're just scared to use it because, again, they're going to have to choose between deferring medical care or keeping the lights on. Now, if I'm listening to this, I'm saying, well, that's great, guys. You can always rail against the system, rail against it. What are your solutions? How do you, how do you go to somebody and say, you know, rewind the clock to 15 years ago and tell that patient, look, this is not the right insurance plan for you. What would be better is if you did this. Um, I, I'm going to say a few things. I uh, grew up in India and I've been living in this country for 31 years. So this is um, USA is my mother also. So therefore, uh, I, I have a chance to look at what's going on in different parts of the world. Hmm. Actually, I was in Zurich and I met, uh, I have a pain management physician associate of mine who is in Zurich. And I got to visit him and uh, I 
you know, we talked about their system there and I have friends in South America. And when I visited them, they shared all those things, uh, their system. So in the process, I found out in a very strange way, it's like having a high deductible, high deductible is somebody giving me the keys of a brand new F-16 fighter jet and it's parked in my driveway. I can't even afford the gas for that uh, car, but I have an F-16. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> so uh, there's more than, in Texas, we say there's more than one way to pluck a buzzard. There's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to do the healthcare. So affordable healthcare has been suppressed intentionally for a number of years. So affordable healthcare is a big part of the solution. Obviously, total agreeance here. The one thing that critics like to say is that, well, what happens if, you know, Chris goes out, I go out and I have a direct primary care physician who coordinates a lot of my primary care. Vast majority of my care needs are going to be handled by that primary care physician. Physician is going to be my quarterback steering me where to go. Here's the best options. And then I'm obviously, um, you know, going to be a very educated consumer, do my research, do my due diligence to make sure that I am getting the best price for specialist care or even surgeries down the line. And they say, that's great. You can build out, you know, your entire cash healthcare plan. But what happens if you get in a car wreck or there's a Chinese satellite that decides to fall out of orbit and hits you in the head? What are you going to do with that one, Chris? You're going to go to the nearest hospital Hopefully, you know, and, and there's not a hospital in the United States where I wouldn't be happy to have care compared to other parts of this world. What then? How are you going to pay for that when you walk in there and they look at you and say, well, this person's uninsured? That is what critics will always try to hit this movement with is that emergent care. And I feel like a lot of the advocates in this world, in this industry, struggle with that question. How do you handle that question? Uh, Chris, I think you partially answered your own question. <laughs> I hate when I do that. You know, I don't want to lead the witness by any means, but no, no, no. <laughs> what, what you see is that it's like a typical insurance salesman saying that <laughs> you said, what if a Chinese satellite falls on your head? You know what? That is how the insurance company survives by honestly creating the fear. There is something called uh, to answer realistically, because it's a human life, please understand, mm -hmm. one part component of the insurance that is suppressed, that is not sold, it's available. It's called catastrophic insurance. The catastrophic insurance, if you look at it, it's available in every single market in the United States, but it is not marketed at all. That's one solution. Second solution, while all these things were happening, I'm sorry, I'm going into another story here again. Mm -hmm. When all these things were happening and we heard about Oklahoma Surgery Center, Dr. Keith Smith, and uh, such a wonderful human being. And I called him and uh, I spoke to him and he said, hey, why don't you come on up and visit us? So he invited us. And so I went there with uh, my beautiful wife, uh, who's the brains behind this operation and my team members. And he was very transparent and he showed everything and he introduced me to total stranger. I'm a total stranger to Keith. He introduced me to his DPC meeting. He introduced me in that meeting to other DPC. So this, this is where the other 
part of the solution lies to your question. The DPC are the people who, are, who should be driving the bus. Suppose, God forbid, you're, uh, you're in a traffic accident or something were to happen to one of the uh, members, okay? And uh, if it is urgent life or death, you have no choice. You have to just, it has to be addressed in appropriate medical fashion. Suppose if there is non-life-threatening injury, for example, there's a fracture. There is, you know, there's a fracture. Fracture, if it is in a certain parts of the body, it's not life-threatening. So those things, you get on the phone and call your DPC physician and the DPC physician will be able to guide you to a, an affordable place. In uh, Dallas, where we practice, I have aligned like-minded people. I can pick up the phone and I can get a care for my patients who wants to utilize the system. It may not be available in, at my facility, but we have the network of like-minded physicians. That is another solution to your problem. Unless it is nurtured, unless we grow our network through podcasts like yours to make people aware that there is another option available. So the fear-mongering technique to sell the insurance, its days are getting numbered, my friend. I hope you're right. You know, and, and I think if I'm a listener, I'm saying, yeah, I totally agree. Still, people want that. You know, there's this fear. And again, it is scary to think about being in a car accident or having some other problem. There's a cancer diagnosis. What do I do? And so I get asked a lot, you know, Chris, does Freedom Health Works, do you, do you recommend just going uninsured? And the answer is, well, no. I want there to be options for people that think like you and I do, and a lot of our listeners that say, I don't need co-pays. I don't need these barriers to care that every time I want to call a doctor, it's $10 out of my pocket. You know, those incentives are so perverted that it dissuades people from utilizing care. That could be by design, but my thinking is, like you just said, that doctor should be the first call no matter what happens. There should be incentives for calling the doctor, not barriers for calling the doctor. And that's just what we have right now. So the incentives are all screwed up. And I've always been a big incentives person through you know, multiple companies, multiple businesses that you, know, you hire people and you incentivize them to do the actions that are going to be important for the business, right? To drive you forward. So building out the incentives for patients to actually interact with the healthcare system rather than avoid it, that's our vision, right? That's where we want to push this. We want to say, look, you're going to get rewarded through, through lower costs downstream, maybe even lower costs on, on potential worthwhile insurance plans or even health shares for belonging to these you know, DPC practices, or in my case, hopefully joining a Freedom Doc practice uh, around the country, and then utilizing great physicians like yourself that are able to present prices in a logical, transparent manner that makes sense to people. So I'm sure you get a lot where you're like, well, I couldn't possibly afford to pay you for X surgery. And then you respond, well, actually it's only this amount. I mean, do people just kind of look at you like, wait a minute, did you forget a zero on the end of that price you just quoted me? And uh, some of the, unfortunately being in uh, Dallas, where uh, there is a huge, uh, you know, the insurance war between different uh, insurances going on. I was hoping that the patients would be the winners, but unfortunately, no. Patients mm -hmm. are not the winners here for uh, this one. So 
Therefore, I strongly believe that working with like-minded people and really being transparent with, mm-hmm. uh, with our patients. And one thing that you said just now, in our surgery center, we are offering uh, you know, joint replacement surgery, Knee where they come and get the joint replacement done. Some of them get a robotic joint knee replacement and they go home the same day. Mm-hmm. And it is 40 to 60% cheaper than anywhere. And today, a patient, don't ask me how it happened. A patient from Netherlands is having surgery at our surgery center as we speak. <laughs> you know what? You just beat me to my next question about medical tourism. Usually we hear about people leaving the United States to get surgeries done. Are you seeing that start to the, the shoes on the other foot where I mean, I was just thinking about people from different states coming down to see you, but now you're talking about international patients bringing services back in the United States where, I mean, I, what frustrates me, and I'll back up a second, frustrates me when people talk about American healthcare industry in general and say how quality of care is 30, 40 some in there. But I'm like, you know what? I think if anybody on this planet had the choice of an American educated physician going through, you know, the American medical schools and the American residencies and the training and the rigors that entails, they're going to choose that doctor over a lot of local international physicians. It's just the payment system that is screwed up. So kind of a multi, you know, subject there, you know, let me know if you disagree or agree with that from your international background, but it's the payments that screwed up. And when people are able to come to the United States, just say, I'm going to stroke a check, tell me the price. They're going to do it. A couple of things. I'm going to a different perspective. Sure. Because I grew up in India. I grew up more here in the United States. I have spent more here than my life in India. I have a strong bond to both countries. And I was in our staff meeting. Anytime I go to the country, anytime, anywhere, you know, uh, South America, Latin America, Europe, Canada, anywhere. When I come back, my first reaction is that, boy, oh boy, I need to be grateful to United States. Hmm. I almost feel like kissing the ground. When I told that in my staff meeting, they said, what are you talking about? We have so many problems. Guys, you have no earthly idea what a problem, definition of a problem means. <laughs> we are so privileged. We are so lucky. When you can go to the restaurant and fill your glass up with water and ice and not pay anything. When you can go to the library and sit down and use the internet. And when you go out and people treat you nicely, just to give an example, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going back to Keith Smith again, unknown brown short fat guy going and he introduced me and treated me with the dignity and respect. Guys, be thankful to what we have in the United States. Stop complaining, that apart. That translates to our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Our healthcare system. My son just now started his general surgery residency in New York, like yesterday. In a strange, strange story, he's starting his general surgery residency in the hospital where he was born. Well, that's pretty neat. So I went through the same program that he did, the same uh, in Long Island, New York. We get really, really good training here. So that, the care medical tourism, to answer your question, anybody who really studies these things, 
the caliber of American healthcare system, our nurses, our physicians, our support system, our quality of the material that we use, hardware, they're very high. People are not ignorant. And uh, there are true tragic stories of uh, medical tourism. Somebody who is a very good friend of mine, who is a registered nurse, went to Mexico, had her weight loss surgery. She is completely bedridden on a TPN where she cannot eat. Her fluid, her nutrition comes from her IV. Wow. These are the side effects of medical tourism. And people are becoming very, very aware of that. That's why they choose to do this. Now, there are cash bundled prices are available. We are getting more and more from a different parts of the world too. It illustrates the importance of the economics of healthcare services, medical services, and the people are willing to take a chance. You know, um, we hear the word quality a lot, and I mention this probably every episode, and I always get the guest's definition of quality. So I'm going to get that from you right now, Doc. What, what is your definition of quality when you hear that in a medical setting? Quality. Quality starts with how you are treated as a human being. Number two is the competency of every single person who is involved in your care outcome. And then all these things, how affordable that is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it something, uh, if you combine all these things, then you get the final beautiful product. And I love that answer because you're looking at it from it really in an environmental standpoint. You're looking at a couple of different factors to build it in. And my point with that question is always, you know, if you said, well, it's whatever Blue Cross Blue Shield tells us it is. And I have heard that answer before, believe it or not. That's very scary. But it illustrates where physicians can do a huge favor to their patients, like you said, you wrap that all in and say, can this person afford this? Or is this going to cause more stress through a bankruptcy or through deferred care, whatever it is? Are you going to do more harm in the long run by recommending this service based on the economics of it? But going back to your example of international medical tourism, people are willing to travel to get a lower cost or even a relatively transparent cost procedure done by facilities and people who might not be the most competent. And that's very scary. And that should be very illustrative of ways that we can improve as an industry, as a medical system. But for some reason, we are not. And I, I think we all know the reason for all that, going back to the incentives discussion. But physicians like you, and you mentioned you know, Dr. Smith, and of course, the FMMA are, are great sponsors and supporters of, you know, not just Freedom Health Works, but of Healthcare Americana. So great people down there. Those are the people that are all interested in actually fixing it. We always say that the healthcare systems, American healthcare is not broken. It functions the way it's designed to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it, the flaw in the design. And it's separating because we have separated the buyer and the seller from basic medical services. Is it patient-centric or is it uh, dollar-centric? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chalk that up to being a rhetorical question, Doc. <laughs> Last talking point is yours here. So I always love this. Get, you, get your, you know, your day perfect view. 
Well, kind of a two-part question. One, what is that perfect healthcare industry? What does that perfect healthcare interaction look like from a patient standpoint? How do we build it? You know, if you had to rebuild it from first floor on up. And then last parting subject is uh, to pick your brain on any advice you would give to physicians or surgeons or people looking to exit the insurance system and enter into kind of the world that you're seeing and the world that you're practicing. So two questions, floor is yours. Thank you. The, the first question from the patient's standpoint of view, it should be easy to understand for the patient. There should be no confusion. And uh, number two, the process, entire thing should be within the grasping reach of any patient of any level of education, affordability that is there, you know, it's like the, there is a scale of, oh my God, that the, oh my God should be taken away. And from the patient point of view, choices, they may not like me as their physician. I want somebody else that they have choices. Patients should be able to make this decision on their own so that they can go to X, Y, Z, whoever they feel they get the best care from. And beyond all those things, patients should have access to their transparent pricing. They should know everything. This is going to, once, even if they ask the price of uh, a suture, they should be able to know that. That is from the patient's point of view. And uh, before I finish the patient's point of view, everybody is afraid of their outcome. If they go through, okay, if I go through surgeons recommended by uh, big uh, healthcare insurance, will the outcome be any better than if I go to somebody that says, you know, this is all inclusive. So these are the, as much as we don't want to present the data, but these should be available to the patients. And in one presentation where we did a comparison, when in the transparent pricing, the price is 40 to 60% cheaper. And we should let the patients know about that. Mm -hmm. Now, your second question was? Any advice? People listening, physicians listening, saying, well, I'm a surgeon, I'm a specialist, I'm a primary care doctor. What do I do? What's my first step? Please, as a physician, number one thing that I'm going to recommend to you is that practice medicine the way it is supposed to be practiced. Don't let anybody else especially the system, tell you this is what you need to do, okay? And uh, when you start being dictated by somebody else, you become just a technician, not a physician. Also, look around. There are people like us who exist. There are people like you who are spreading the word. It is very important that I need you to do this more aggressively because when people like you do more than people what like us can do, because you get the word out. When you get the word out, that means the surgeons can say, oh my God, Mr. Hedig said, this is available. So we can use, utilize that. Mm -hmm. And uh, hey guys, as uh, fellow colleague physicians, in fact, you make more money with this than going through. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this may be the side effect that you like. And uh, the last part that I really intend to say is that don't look at this as your competition, look at this as a synergy against a greater good. The greater good is let's practice the medicine the way it's supposed to be in an affordable fashion. 
Dr. Nagaraj Kakiri, thanks so much for joining us here on Healthcare Americana. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. That's it for our show. Once again, I'm your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all our episodes, visit the shop, and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro and managed by Melissa Turpin. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. The new administration has big plans for your health insurance, changes that can limit your choices. The Affordable Care Act created a one-size-fits-all plan. Healthcare is not a one-size-fits-all problem. The premise of the ACA is that coverage equals care. It does not. This is Eric Wilson from iSolve Incorporated, and I recently saved a family in their 50s almost $600 per month with our free market plan. Act now. Protect yourself with a plan that cannot be canceled. This is a nationwide PPO plan, which allows you to pick your doctors and hospitals. Start saving 30 to 60% today. If you are self-employed, purchase your own health insurance, or are uninsured, you can lock in a private plan managed by you, not the government. Call me, Eric Wilson, an expert with 17 years experience at 888-448-5370. That's 888-448-5370. Or go to iSellHealth.com. That's iSellHealth.com a free market, affordable approach to healthcare. I look forward to speaking with you. Interested in saving money on medical expenses? Coral is a healthcare marketplace and referral platform that helps direct primary care physicians, specialists, and medical plans find each other and work together at an affordable and transparent price. Save time and save money by utilizing the transparent direct contract model from Coral. To learn more, please visit coral.io. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.